right. If you would take your Bibles tonight, we are going to veer off of the book of Acts this evening. Um, God laid on my heart to speak on a topic tonight of Thanksgiving. Um, I spoke about Thanksgiving a little bit on Sunday night, but uh, we are going to talk about Thanksgiving this evening. And uh, in Psalm 100 is where we're going to be at tonight. Psalm 100. If you'll turn there in your Bibles, please. And a very familiar passage of Scripture um, has to deal with Thanksgiving. And I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the things I'm thankful for tonight. Um, And you'll hear in my message this evening a little bit of what uh, some of the things I'd like to share about my testimony as far as just giving praise to the Lord about what He has done. But I want us to look at this passage of Scripture, if you would, in Psalm 100. The Bible says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. You know, my eight-year-old little daughter, Caitlin, had memorized that passage of Scripture, and she loves saying Psalm 100 because she knows it, and she'll, she'll quote through those verses. And oftentimes when we know a verse uh, or know a group of verses, we have a tendency of just going so fast through them that we don't take time to stop and uh, just really glean from some of the truths that are in the passage. I remember uh, uh, Genesis 1. I used to love Quoting Genesis 1, because when I was young, I remembered in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And I used to go through thinking, man, if I said it fast, it makes me sound smart, you know? And I used to do those kind of things, but I never looked back at some of the meanings that are there when you look back even to the very beginning of Scripture in Genesis chapter number 1. And I was looking at Genesis 1, Brother Eddie, and I came across where it said, uh, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and all those things. But God brought me back to that passage of Scripture, and I began to study that passage of Scripture and look at that passage of Scripture. And it said, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form, and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And then he said, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And the Holy Spirit of God said, stop, right there go back again. And I went back again and I read through those verses again and he said, stop, go back. And I began to go back and I began to read it. And here's what God showed me through that. All throughout my life, I've always just quoted those verses and never really tried to grasp the concept of what God is showing us in the very first few verses of scripture. And he talks about how there was darkness upon the face of the deep. And understand that sun, moon, and stars had not been created yet. But he said this. He said, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. So before light came, who had to be present? The Spirit of God. And I saw what a wonderful picture of salvation in the very first few verses of Scripture that there's darkness in our life, we're full of sin, on our way to hell, and the only way that light can ever come to us is if the Spirit of God is present. And I thought, wow, in the very first few pages of Scripture, God shows us salvation. 
very first few verses of the Bible, he shows us those things. And I, I was, I, I'm saying all that to say this. As I've looked at Psalm 100, I've kind of done the same thing. I've kind of done that same thing in my life where I've gone through and I said, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing, into his court with praise. Know that the Lord, he is God, and is he that has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You know, going through and just quoting these verses and thinking, Okay, well, I've said them well. That must put a check mark by it, right? Because I said it so fast. But the fact of the matter is, sometimes when we memorize those things and we don't go back and meditate upon them, and think about what the meanings is actually trying to say, we miss out on some things that God's trying to tell us. And I want to kind of look back at this passage of Scripture tonight, and I want to look at some of the things about thanksgiving. Look what verse number 4 says in this passage of Scripture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Now, wait a second. Whose gates is it talking about? God's gates, right? So if we're going to enter into his presence... What do we need to have? Thanksgiving. We need to have Thanksgiving. But if we're going to have biblical Thanksgiving, it's going to be produced and show in our life through our thanks living. You say, what are you talking about? We're going to actually live thankful, not just say we're thankful. It's one thing to say, oh, I thank the Lord for this, but it's another thing to live out the thankfulness in our life. So I'm going to preach a message to you tonight on True thanksgiving will produce thanksgiving. True thanksgiving will produce thanksgiving. Let's have a word of prayer real quick. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the day. Bless the message we ask tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1621, after a terrible year in which half of the pilgrims' numbers died of starvation, the pilgrims had set aside three days in December to praise the Lord for a bountiful corn harvest. Many years later, in 1789, President George Washington proclaimed on November 26 as a national day of thanksgiving unto the Lord. This was in response to God granting America independence from Britain. He said we need to have thanksgiving and thank God for our independence that we had. In 1863, uh, they talked about... uh, And finally then in 1941, the United States Congress decreed that the fourth Thursday in November was to be the National Day of Thanksgiving unto the Lord. That's what Thanksgiving is all about. We celebrate it all across it, but it was originally designed to give Thanksgiving unto the Lord. Not just to eat turkey, not just to eat stuffing, not just to come. America had this Thanksgiving to give thanks to the Lord for our independence from a tyrannical government. Of Britain. Why? Because God spared us and brought us through it. And God allowed us to have some freedom. And they came up with thanksgiving to give honor to the one that really allowed us our freedom. And that was God. And so I want to talk about this a little bit tonight. And I read a, a thing by Harry Ironside this week. It said this, we would worry less if we praised more. We'd worry less if we praised more. See, when you have true thanksgiving, it is a huge enemy to dissatisfaction. When you have thanksgiving, it's hard to have dissatisfaction when you're really being thankful. And in Psalm 100, I want to talk about this a little bit, uh, but we have raised a generation today of a bunch of spoiled brats in our country. They have this entitlement mentality that they don't have to do anything or, or work for anything and that everything should just be handed to them. And uh, we are living in a day where people are not thankful. 
We're living in a day and age where people feel entitled. They don't feel that they ought to have to do anything uh, for anything else. And uh, in fact, it's a sign of the last days that people are going to be unthankful. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, it's, uh, that it said, For men shall be uh, lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parent, unthankful, and unholy. That's part of it. And then in Romans 1, verse 21 and 22, it says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. Neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations and in their foolishness of their heart. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. It has to deal a lot with thankfulness. They're not thankful for things. Listen, we have a lot to be thankful for. We sit here in this church tonight, we have pews and we have a roof over our head, we have uh, heat or air condition, whatever it is, and we're, we're very spoiled in our churches today. I mean, oh, you go to foreign countries and they'll walk miles and miles and miles just to come to church, and we have difficulty coming three times a week in an air-conditioned vehicle or a heated vehicle. And they'll, they'll, they'll go beyond, above and beyond, and they'll want to sit under preaching for hours and hours and hours. And if we go past 45 minutes, we're thinking, preacher, it's time for us to go. Why? Because we are entitled in America, right? We have a generation of unthankfulness, and we ought to be grateful for the fact, as Brother Eddie was even testifying today, that we have a word of God that we can hear that it helps us and encourages us and motivates us to do things for God. In this 100th Psalm, it's a very powerful reminder to me on how the people of God are to be thankful people. We're to be thankful people, not just one day a year on Thanksgiving, but every day of our life, every week of our life, every year of our life, we are to be thankful on a regular basis. And there's four things in this passage that I want to look at concerning the importance of thanksgiving to God. Four things that we're going to look at quickly. First off, the entrance of our thanksgiving. What does it mean, the entrance of our thanksgiving? Verse 1 and verse 2, look what it says. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His, what? Presence with singing. He tells us in verse 4 to enter into His gates with thanksgiving. So there's something that's required in this entrance that we're going to, it says this, verse 1, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Now this, if you jump back, let's do some Bible study here real quickly. Psalm 98, which is just across the page, Psalm 98 and verse number 4, look what it says. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praises. You see what it says? That's what we're supposed to do. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. He tells us that again in Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. The original uh, thing about this, when you look at Psalm 98 verse 4, it says this, make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praises. Listen, we have to understand, we ought not to lose our shout as a Christian. We ought not to lose our shout. See, oftentimes we just sit there in the church like this. And to get a reaction is very difficult. But the fact of the matter is, according to the Bible, if we're really thankful the way God tells us to be thankful, there's going to be a shout in our voice. 
There's going to be some praise behind us. There ought to be some shouting that comes. Listen, it's not wrong for you to shout amen in church. It's not wrong for us to do that. When the Holy Spirit of God begins to impress upon your heart, listen, it's not wrong for you to wave your hand to the Lord and say, praise be to God, hallelujah, glory. All those are good words. We ought to not lose those shout, not lose that. Oftentimes we get too dignified for the Lord. We think, well, if I say praise the Lord, somebody's going to look at me. Guess what? Somebody ought to look at you for being glorifying to your God. The Bible does say this, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So let me ask you a question. When he's telling us in Psalm 98 verse 4 and Psalm 100 verse 1 to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, and then he says, all the earth, make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. He didn't say a voice like this. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me. You say, what'd you say? No, you know what he's saying? Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. You know, we ought to shout those things. We ought not to be afraid of them. He says this, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Listen, God should be worshipped by happy people. You understand that there's a lot for us to be happy about. A cheerful spirit and keeping up with the natures of God. His acts that he has done. A gratitude for what we ought to cherish about the mercy and the grace of God. Aren't you glad for God's grace and mercy tonight? You know what? Then we ought not to be afraid to shout about that. We ought not to be afraid to say, Hallelujah, glory to God for His mercy. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. I should be on my way to hell uh, with the hammer down, pedal to the metal. That's where I should be. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ and His grace and mercy and drawing me to Himself and the day I received Him as my Savior, His blood was applied to my account. No more am I on my way to hell, but I'm on my way to heaven. And we can rejoice in that and shout the rooftop off. That we're saved and on our way to heaven. Don't have to go to hell. Praise God for that. You know what? It's time for us to not. To just be thankful. Be thankful. Listen. If you've never got another blessing in your life. That's enough to shout the rooftop off. If God never did anything else for you. The whole rest of your life, you had aches and pains and and persecution and everything else. But guess what? You're on your way to heaven. Your eternal destination's secure. You still have something to shout about. You still have a shout in your voice, something to praise the Lord about. Listen, I want just to get joyful about the Lord again. I'm so tired of this poochy lip disease in our churches today where we sit there and we think, well, life is so miserable and I don't have a new TV or I don't have a new car and I don't have this and I don't have that. God must hate my guts. No, God loves you more than anybody could ever love you. And the fact that he proved that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he came and took your place and my place upon himself. He died, was buried, rose again, offers life to whosoever will may come and praise the Lord. We can go to heaven. That's enough blessing right there. Listen, we're to make a joyful noise. The word make in the Hebrew means to determine. So that means we're going to determine to have a joyful noise. That's what it means. The other words 
we are to determine to make a joyful, joyful noise. And then the text says we're to make a joyful noise. The word noise means to break out. You know what that means? That means don't hide it in. Determine to have a breaking out of a joyful noise unto the Lord. Isn't that a blessing when you study scripture what it's supposed to mean? Listen, sometimes we just need to break out and shout for the Lord. Sometimes we just need to get out of our comfort zone and quit worrying about what the people next to us think and just say, hallelujah, glory to God. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm on my way to heaven. Listen, you couldn't get me depressed if you wanted to because Jesus is by my side. Praise the Lord. Listen, I know hard times are going to come, but sometimes we just need to shout. Colossians 2 verse 7 says, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. You know what the word abound meant in there? Overflowing. Overflowing with thanksgiving. We should overflow with it. So when it says we're to enter into his gates with thanksgiving, overflowing with shouting, that means when you come in the presence of God, you ought to be rejoicing over it. And excited that you have an opportunity to be in the presence of Almighty God. Psalm 98 verse 4. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praises. Psalm 511. But let those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Psalm 32 verse 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice ye righteous and shout for joy all ye that are upright in heart. See what it says that God didn't put all that in the Bible just for us to sit there and say, whoopee, I'm saved. God put that in there for us to say, praise the Lord, I'm saved. Somebody asked you, hey, are you a Christian? Absolutely, I'm a Christian. Let me tell you how you can be, brother. Praise the Lord. Get excited about it. But you know, not only do you come with shouting, look what verse 2 says, serve the Lord. If you're going to come in God's presence with thanksgiving, you got to have a shouting spirit about you, but you got to be willing to serve. Got to be willing to serve. How are we to serve the Lord? We're to serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Not serve the Lord with madness or serve the Lord with sadness, but serve the Lord with gladness. Most of us think, serve the Lord? You mean I actually got to be there for Sunday school? You mean I actually got to tell somebody about Jesus? No, serve the Lord. We get to serve God, not we have to serve God. We get to it's a service. It's our reasonable service. It says serve the Lord with gladness. He's to be served as he is our master. We are his servant. Guess what? He's not our servant, but guess what? He came in the form of a servant. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. And we have the opportunity to serve him. You know, he is gracious to us. He is good to us. And we ought to serve him with joy. You ought to be joyful that you have the opportunity to serve him. You ought to shout because you're saved. Just get excited about it. But shout because you get to serve God. He didn't just save you and say, now don't talk to me anymore. You have to have the opportunity to be in his presence and serve him. What a joy that is. Colossians 3.17 and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3.23. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. 
We're to be excited about serving the master. So we saw in verse 1, to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, shout it, serve him, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? Singing. What a sing for the Lord. You know what bothers me is we come to church and we have congregational songs and we open up the hymn book and a lot of times we'll sing, blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen, we ought to sing for him. You understand when you're singing praises, you're not singing to the person standing next to you. And when you get up here and sing a special for God, you're not up here singing for your own self-gain and your own benefit. You're singing praises to the one who saved you by his grace. You're lifting up his name and exalting him on high, and you ought to sing praises unto him. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual song, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Ephesians 5.18, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. But there is something about our singing. It ought to be scriptural. Make sure it backs the Bible, right? It ought to be separated, different than the world, and it ought to be selfless. Not about us. That's biblical singing. Make sure it's scriptural, separated, and selfless. And lastly, for the Savior. Not for us. That's what our singing ought to be. If we're going to enter into his gates with thanksgiving, we're going to have this recipe in our life. That's how we enter into it. But let me give you an explanation of our thanksgiving. Why? I've already talked about our salvation. I've already talked about all of those things. But what I love about thanksgiving, what I even love about Christmas, all of these, is that one day out of the year, America has to recognize there's a God. The resurrection of Christ at Easter time, yeah, people don't sing a lot about it. They should, because the resurrection is great. But Thanksgiving, people think about thank, thanking, being thankful for things. In Christmas time, they hear about the birth of Christ. They see all the nativities all over the place and all those things. But I, I like the fact that during those times, that people actually have to acknowledge there's a God. I like that. But when we're Thinking about the reason behind it, explanation of it, what should we be thankful for? Why should we thank God in all of this? Look what it says in verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. So what's the explanation? Why do we sing? Why do we do all these things? Firstly, because he is supreme. He's God. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God. Created the heaven and the earth. Hebrews 1 verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory. And the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins. Sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Psalm 8 verse 1. Our Lord, O Lord, our Lord. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who has set thy glory above the heavens. Psalm 97 verse 1. The Lord reigneth. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles be glad thereof. Psalm 97 verse 9. For thou, Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. Psalm 99 verse 1. The Lord reigneth. Let the people tremble. He sitteth between the cherubims. Let the earth be moved. He's supreme. But look what it also says 
It said, know this, that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. Look what it says. We are his people. So what's the explanation of our thanksgiving? First off, he's supreme. Second off, he's our savior. We're his people. What a, what a time to rejoice. We belong to him. Listen, the only way that you can belong to somebody or belong to something is if you were purchased by that. So we belong to him. Our body is the temple of the Lord, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. He is our Savior. And we ought to rejoice in it. Titus 2.14. Who gave himself for us that we might redeem us from all iniquity. And purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. There's so many other verses we could talk about tonight. Thirdly, Third reason, explanation of it. Not only is he supreme, not only is he our Savior. But look what it says. It says, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He's our shepherd. He's our shepherd. He's the one that guides us. He's the one that, yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we'll fear no evil because he's with us. He's our wonderful shepherd. And our shepherd's passionate about his sheep. He loves his sheep. John 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. He giveth his life for the sheep. He's passionate about us. He protects us. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. He protects us. Then the shepherd provides for his sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our shepherd protects us. So we saw the entrance of our thanksgiving, entering into his presence with that shouting, that singing, that rejoicing, that serving of him. The explanation of it, he's supreme, he's our savior, he's our shepherd. But the expression of our thanksgiving, the expression of it. Look at verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Notice this. We ought to be vocal about it. We ought to be vocal about it. How should we thank him? We ought to be vocal about it. Lord, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Listen, I gave opportunity for testimony time. We heard some great testimonies tonight. But I'm sure in the hearts of every person in this room, there's something you could be vocal about that God's done for you. Well, not to be ashamed to be vocal about it. Automatically, people will begin to say that they don't express themselves vocally or out loud, but rather in their heart. A lot of people, I, I don't praise God out loud. I praise Him inside. Well, let me ask you a question. If I took a hammer and hit you in the thumb, would you express it vocally? If I handed you $10,000, would you express it vocally? If I wrote you a check tonight for $10,000 and said, here, this belongs to you, you know what you said? Well, thank you very much. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe you did this for me. What a blessing. Praise the Lord for that. Well, guess what? Because you got money. Listen, you got eternal security. You're saved on your way to heaven. You can be rejoicing in the fact that you're saved. How would you react if somebody gave you that? 
Listen, we got the greatest gift we could ever have, the gift of salvation. We ought to be vocal about it. You need to tell God how thankful you are and grateful for what he's done for you. Psalm 107, verse 1 and 2. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So, vocally. We ought to be vocal about it. And then, visibly, people ought to know it. You ought not to hide it. It ought to be visible. People ought to know that you're grateful in serving the Lord. Psalm 47, verse 1, oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. He didn't say sit on the pew like a knot on a log and never rejoice. Clap your hands, all you people. Listen, I'm not talking about praise the Lord. Listen, you guys can shout for the Lord. You can clap your hands, rejoice. I don't care as long as it's real and the Holy Spirit's leading it. You can rejoice for the Lord. Psalm 63, verse 4, thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Psalm 134, verse 2, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. But our service ought to be voluntary as well. Our expression ought to be voluntary. We ought to volunteer to do it. No one should ever have to make you thank God for the blessings that he's bestowed in your life. It ought to be voluntary. Something that you volunteer to do. Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise you the Lord. Did you notice what it said? Everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Do you have breath in this room tonight? You breathing? Some of you say, barely, but I am. Listen, you got breath. You ought to praise the Lord for it. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Who, rede- who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. So that my youth be renewed like the eagles. Psalm 113. He said, praise you the Lord. Praise, O ye servants. Why do you hear in the book of Psalms all these praises? There's a lot to praise God about. We ought to do it voluntary. Listen. You know what would happen when God's people go from thanksgiving to thanksgiving? We'll enjoy the presence of God. We'll enjoy it. We talked about the reason behind it, the explanation of it, but the encouragement is where we're going to end tonight. The encouragement in our thanksgiving. Look what verse 5 is. For the Lord, He is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. This simple phrase should encourage us to thank and praise God for all his blessings in our life. All of them. The presence of God, the power of God, the plan of God, all those things in our life. You know what he says? The Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. So let me ask you this. Are you going to rejoice in the Lord? You're going to have your thanksgiving. If you're really thankful to God, is it going to show up in your thanksgiving? Are you going to live like you're really thankful to God? Or are you going to say, well, you know, my, my rejoicing to the Lord is just stays inward. Listen, it said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Ought not to be afraid to speak for the Lord. 
you say, well, preacher, I'm just not, I, don't, I can't memorize all the verses. I just, I don't know all the things to really say. Let me ask you this. Can you say thank you, Lord, for saving my soul? Not just thank you, Lord, but thank you, Lord. Sing it with me. For saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. You know why it's free? Because it costs somebody something. It costs the Lord something great. But it's free to us because he paid the price. Listen, let's never lose the joy. This Thanksgiving time, let's not just during Thanksgiving have a thankful spirit for what God's done. Let's be thankful for it. I talked about, I was going to give a little bit of the things I'm thankful for. I think I shared a little bit with you tonight. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm thankful that I'm saved. I'm thankful God's called me to preach. That I have the opportunity to stand behind this pulpit and preach the word of God. I'm thankful for what God's led me through throughout my life and brought me back to Faith Baptist Church. You know, what a joy it is to be here, to serve with you people and serve God. Listen, we're going to have ups and downs. We're going to have bumps in the road, but we can rejoice in the Lord. And we can sing and shout His praises. If God never blessed one other way, if you're saved in this room today, you can shout for the Lord. And rejoice in the fact that you're on your way to heaven. That ought to put a spark in your step as you leave out of here tonight. That listen, you driving home, people ought to say, man, something's wrong with that car. The people in there are crazy. And when they, when they, go to talk, when they talk to you, they're like, what are you so excited about? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you what I'm excited about. I don't have to go to hell. Because Jesus saved me. He turned my life around. That which was dead is made alive through Jesus Christ. And I can rejoice in that tonight. With our heads bowed, eyes closed.